Well, welcome one and all to another episode of season two of the One Ounce Pour. Very excited about today's guest. And yeah, Tom, I know I say that every fucking show, but it just keeps getting better and better. It's like every single time we do a show, we are blessed by greatness. The gods crack open the sky. They reach their finger down and they boot me on the nose and magic comes out. If you weren't excited to have him as a guest, though, would we even really want to have him as a guest? I mean, we could have just been like, hey, come on the show, and then just had a really droll and boring show talking about, I don't know, sweaters. But we're not going to be talking about sweaters today. Actually, did you know the Lebowski <laughs> sweater comes out of Oregon, out of your old neck of the woods? And I believe... And Sammy's. Sam's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What what place? Is it a Pendleton sweater? I don't think it's a Pendleton. Speaking of Pendleton, today we are drinking an ounce of Pendleton whiskey going away from the local full full circle well here's the thing is uh you can never go wrong with pendleton okay and i feel like that's their their slogan too so you can never go wrong with pendleton smooth yeah Yeah. so before we get started raise your glass cheers have our little one ounce toast ting cheers Mm -mm -mm. so like I said, I was excited about today's show, but probably not for all the reasons everyone's thinking. I'm just excited to be FaceTiming probably one of the most beautiful men I know. And uh, there's <laughs> an old saying going around. His name is Beautiful Sam. Yeah. And it's funny because even my mother says, who? Beautiful Sam? And we're like, yeah, Beautiful Sam. So <laughs> it is it is a very clear this man is gorgeous and you know not a face for radio because uh yeah he got all the looks. Sam, how would you like to introduce yourself after that really hearty uh introduction <laughs> on how you feel? Well, He's also a lot of brains too. Let's put that in there too. Full package. Full package. I gotta, I gotta say I think it's only you and your family that calls me beautiful Sam. No, no, no. <laughs> Everyone calls you that. I don't want to make it weird like just my family thinks you're beautiful. Everyone calls you that. Everybody I know. Granted, that's only my family, but everybody I know calls you beautiful. And Tom had better now. Yeah, well, now Tom knows. Tom knows how beautiful you are, so he's going to start calling you beautiful Sam. Before we get started, Tom Eats. Tom Eats. All right, man. The place that I'm going to talk about this week is Pretty Bird. Ooh, you know what? Pretty Bird has been on my list for five years, oh, dude, it's so and good. I never have a chance to it's, make it downtown and eat yeah, there. Oh, guess what? It's a little bit easier now. They've got one on 2100 South and 7th East now. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. So they got one there, and then All they right. also got the OG downtown. The chicken sandwich. Don't get the habanero because that's just a owl. This kind of hurts going down. It's tasty, but it's still just like, eh. Just get the mid-range because you get a good amount of burn, good amount of, you know, the chicken is fantastic put that coleslaw on there oh, oh. it's it's tip top fries are okay i mean they're just fries they're not like anything super special but the the chicken sandwich and it's, it's nashville hot chicken it's right? nashville hot chicken man you know i'm gonna ne- remind me because i'm going to nashville this next week nice so when i come back we can compare and contrast nash ugh, whoa nashville compare hot chicken? and contrast nashville hot chicken 
Didn't think that was going to be a tongue twister, but it is. Nice. nice. Sam, looking at you, beautiful man. <laughs> what is a place near you or a place you've been that you're like, hey, I got to give a shout out to this place. And just remember, they'll never hear it. So, <laughs> Unless we blow up like Mr. Uh, Roe Jogan. Well, people might actually see a picture of Sam on Instagram and be like, ooh, damn, I got to listen to this show now. Yeah, well, you know, pretty much anywhere with hot wings is kind of where I'm at. Nice. You took me place. to the dirtiest hot wing place I've ever been to. Let's, let's give a shout out to that place because that place needs some kind of help. What is that place called? <laughs> well, let's see. We, I think we've taken you to a few. Uh, yeah, but one of them a, was like a, the dirtiest dive bar I've ever been to. But was really, it cash only? what was it? Cash only? I feel like you had to do really obscene <laughs> favors to get these wings. I don't even think they accepted cash. It was just a really dirty dive bar, like NASCAR stuff all over the place, which is cool. Oh yeah, but yeah, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. What is that oh, yeah, place? That- well, we call it the Despo, the Desperado <laughs> Sports Tavern. <laughs> Despo. Woo, shout out to the Despo. All right. So, yeah. Yeah. Now, we've talked about this too many times on the show, but now Tom's known for it. Next time you're out, you got to fuck around with Tom's wings. Yep. Tom makes some of the best wings. And you know what? I feel stupid. Like, this was some kind of weird plug for your non-existent wing restaurant. <laughs> Dude, I guess we talk about it way like too much on the show. <laughs> maybe we should. Uh, maybe we should get Mr. Beast to like be like, "Hey, do you want to start a chicken wing restaurant here? You make make me wings, and I'll give you the money for yeah. it." Yeah. Next time you're in town, <laughs> you got to stop by his restaurant that doesn't exist, aka Drew's there. Kitchen. My kitchen. I, I know we'll make some. Yes, and we'll all get hey, some you got wings. Hot wings. Mm-hmm. You got hot wings. I'll be there. I got hot wings. Uh, also, I'll make some Korean fried chicken uh, with that. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you like them mm-hmm. too, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, cool. Yeah. Hey. You know what time it is now? It's hobby time. No. No. I haven't done my segment. <laughs> Don't try and skip me. Sorry, I, I jumped. I jumped the gun there. Jumped Damn the gun. it, Thomas. Sorry. It's Drew's Bruce Cruise. <laughs> yes. And today, I'm going to be talking about a local one because I have their beer right in front of me. I got to be talking about Level Crossing, and today I'm actually having their In the Pines. This is a hazy pale, but they have a really, really cool brewery. And y'all need to stop by. It's uh, in the Brewer District, which not a lot of people know Salt Lake has. I think they actually call it the Granary District. Okay. But uh, yeah. Sam, I actually never took you to Level Crossing. I'm saving that one for a special date. So next All time right. you're out, we'll go to Level Crossing. And uh, yeah, if you're at a grocery store, you can actually pick up In the Pines. And that's been Drew's Brews Cruise. Sam, you're in like the hidden mecca of breweries up there what uh yeah you've you been to any new ones recently where you're like oh this place oh you know we've got a lot of breweries per capita here it's it's a little unbalanced but in a good way sam's in missoula by the way i oh, yeah, we nice. should clarify that so that people uh, listen grizz <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think uh when i moved here about six years ago we had probably eight or nine breweries and now we've got like 15 in the area sam wow. and i actually attempted and did a really good job at attempting to walk most of Missoula and drink at most of the breweries. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. I think we were yeah, both uh, a little intoxicated. <laughs> high altitude, high point beer. Actually, I would guess so, yes. You know what's weird? Missoula's lower elevation than Salt Lake. Really? Yeah. It is. Yeah, oh, it's wow, kind of that's trippy. interesting. Yeah, you go north and you go down. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So, Tom, now Mr. Triggy ha- Trigger Happy. Bam. What time is it? 
Hobby time. There we go. Yeah, there we All go. All right. All right. Got that time. You want to you want to start us off with a uh, maybe your hobby of the week? Or yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna change our hobby time by the way to be either a hobby of the week or maybe a hobby that's that's hurt you. That's hurt me. Yeah. It's <laughs> oh. made you feel something. Yeah. Oh something well. Something naughty. Uh. Well, <laughs> are we going for naughty or something that's hurt me? Because uh, <laughs> granted, those aren't mutually exclusive, but you know. <laughs> so Tom threw away. All of the uh, handcuffs and whips and said, that's enough of that hobby. No more. Who said that? Because that's not true at all. (laughs) (laughs) You hurt me, hobby. (laughs) Now, uh, actually, the hobby that hurt me was uh, hiking this year. I busted my kneecap, took me out for a good six weeks, just got the brace off, so I'm able to move it, but now the joint is, like, tired. It's like, it doesn't hurt. It's not sore. It's tired we that's haven't had weird... any rain yet so wait till the rain then you're, a... oh god i know this feeling <laughs> it's gonna rain kids get inside <laughs> it's just a weird thing because it's like it's not like oh fuck this hurts like oh man i'm just tired mm. i just don't want to do it just like dull, so yeah so nice dull pain. get to uh rehab until the next season but yeah all right well cool yeah not really it kind of fucking sucked actually <laughs> my whole goddamn season i had planned out the different hikes and then i got the uh, shit yeah. shot out of the air and you like you shattered your kneecap, didn't you? Yeah, you could see it was split like straight uh, across, and it just it was not a pretty mm-mm. it was not a pretty sight. That's for damn sure. Mm-mm. No, sir. Mm-mm. All my hobbies, though, I get injured at this. Fucking got a like concussion while coaching pee wee hockey. Yeah, like. Ooh, speaking Ooh, yeah. of, yeah. Um, you want to talk about concussions are, and hockey? Yeah, y'all yeah. are uh, y'all are both stick boys. Yeah. So you call it stick boys? Yeah. <laughs> No. <laughs> no. No. You guys are stick jockeys, aren't you? You could have some very different meanings upon uh, who you're talking to there, Drew. <laughs> you guys just hang out and, and wag your sticks at each other, don't you? Stick boys. Oh, God. <laughs> Sam, come on. You're you're a hockey legend, right? I mean, isn't your jersey hanging up somewhere in Medford? It is. What? Yeah, played, played junior hockey there for a couple of years, and... I played high school hockey there, represented. I actually grew up playing hockey. Most of my youth hockey was there. Nice. And uh, we, tra- we traveled out of state all the time. We'd go to Salt Lake. We'd play there, play tournaments in Ogden. Oh, okay. Represent. Yep. Yeah, yeah and then you uh, yeah. you went to a little a little college, right? Um, it was, uh, they were the Ducks, right? Yeah, you might have heard of them. Yeah, the Oregon <laughs> Ducks. Weird. And then did you, uh, did you happen to do anything up there? Hmm? Uh, play yeah, a little, well, play a little stick time. Hmm? Yeah, well, you He's know, they, <laughs> <laughs> were you a stick jockey up there? Oh yeah, I mean that was that was about the reason I went there. I mean, it's not not a hockey program school; it's a club hockey. But you know, I was able to get an education while playing uh, after graduating high school, and I didn't want to stick around in juniors for much longer. So I thought I'd go play some college hockey somewhere I knew I'd have fun and get ice time, and it was great. We got to travel a lot, we got to party a lot, we got to win a lot of games. It was great. So Hell got, yeah. So I got a question for you, Sam. In your, what division were you guys in? Were you guys in the same as the University of Utah, or were you guys in a different club yep. division? Yeah, it was, uh, it's ACHA D2. It'd be like the Pac-12 schools, but it was like Pac-8, because okay. not all the schools have a team. But yeah, my, my senior year, the Utes joined. So yeah, we, we had the, we were in the same conference. Same conference. Okay. Now on your, I was going to say, now I've heard this and I want to see if you can confirm this, but with junior hockey, most kids who come in and they're playing D1 hockey are usually like 21, 22 years old because they want to get the most out of them in juniors and then they 
let him develop there, and then they pick him up mm-hmm. for D1. And then after that, that's when they either go to the NHL or they go to D1. Yeah, you know, and coming out of junior hockey, if you're going to age out and then go to school and play D1, I mean, that is possible. But the amount of D1 players that I've seen go to the NHL is pretty low on that on that count, going that route. On that scale. You know, typically you, you're going to go to school sooner than you're aging out from juniors or you're going to go play major juniors at a young age like 16 17 years old and that's a different route you can go and you decided not to go to the nhl because you didn't want to wreck your beautiful face right (laughs) right (laughs) that was the whole point you were like they were like hey sam we need you we need your stick handling skills and you were like nah i'm too beautiful for the nhl i'm gonna go up to missoula right yeah, well, you know, that's the thing in college hockey, too, is uh, you have to wear a face mask. You can't just do the half visor. You can't oh. do nothing. In front. you got to wear a full cage. That worked out for keep your, your beautiful Sam. your beauty keep, in, intact. Keep Good. Yep. Good. Yeah. yeah. Man, I wish people could see you right now. Don't worry. We'll get images up. Uh, what's your OnlyFans? <laughs> no? <laughs> Not going to give that up? Stick boy for life. Is he the guy that always busts into like his family? He's like, I just paid for your education with my dick. (laughs) (laughs) With his stick. Let's keep it, you know, PG. (laughs) PG. What the hell is that? What has this show ever been PG? We busted through that one in episode one. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Sam, now that we've uh, got on a stick hockey rant, what's what's a hobby? What's a hobby of yours that, uh, you know, spitballing here? Maybe got you hurt or. What well, are you still passionate playing, about? I'm still playing ice hockey in the winters here in Missoula. The adult program here is enormous. It's phenomenal. I mean, it's you're not going to go anywhere further than that, but it's a lot of fun. Uh, but other than that, in the off-season and summertime, mountain biking a lot, hiking, um, going fishing here and there. Uh, just got the, uh, I just got the aluminum boat up and running, so we're Ooh. taking that up to Sealy Lake to, uh, this week. Hell nice. yeah. Nice. Now, just to rewind back to the, the hockey part i actually got to uh go and see sam play adult supervised hockey (laughs) and you're you're like really good like you're not like oh i'm pretty good you're really good i was also really intoxicated and uh i don't know hockey slang or or terms or anything like that so i was yelling a lot of uh I don't know. What would you call that? Just words? Uh, number one fan. I, I don't was. understand anything you were saying either. I don't think anyone did. <laughs> but I, I think I was yelling tenacity a lot. Uh, I think I was just yelling like, go get them, boys. <laughs> I think uh, I heard a step on his throat. <laughs> that, yeah, which doesn't work in hockey because you guys got blades on your feet. Or it works in hockey. Who knows? But uh, no, no, it's, it's a lot of fun to watch you because you, know, you got friends that are like, hey, come watch me do X. And you go and watch him. And you're just like, God, you suck. You're really bad at this. <laughs> but Sam was legit good and it was kind of fun to watch him. So, yeah. Uh, nice. Not only is he beautiful, but he's beautiful on the ice. So... Um, but let's talk, uh, let's talk a little bit about your hobbies that you're currently doing. What'd you say? Number one right now is your number one hobby. Like this is what I do most weekends is what I aspire to be good at. Oh, I'd I'd have to say mountain biking. Mm. Although, uh, you might've caught me at a a downtime. I haven't really been on the bike the last couple of weeks. I've actually been out golfing on the weekends. Golfing? Who is yep. this guy? Welcome to death. Yeah, I know. Happy yep. Gilmore or something? Cheese and rice. Yep. You got goofy pants, man. <laughs> I actually wore a collared button-up shirt today. That's like, I think, the only time I've ever worn Whoa. one. Whoa. Wow. Hot dog. Yeah, because you, you work uh, from home, right? I do. And I you do. have yep. even pre-pandemic 
you worked from home, right? Uh, yep, for yeah, years. For so I was years. already ready for it. Yeah, it was the first yep. time you've ever peeled those sweatpants off, right? And put on a nice <laughs> collared shirt. <laughs> well, keep the camera above waist. No one's got to know. <laughs> yeah, you're just, you got that nice Sujack, zoom yeah. filter on in the background so you can't see anything. Just don't make me stand up. <laughs> that's a, that's Zoom 101. Don't make anyone stand mm-hmm. up. Yeah. <laughs> so mountain biking, uh, how long have you been mountain biking for? Uh, not long. I'd say probably five years. But, you know, I started on a hardtail, just kind of ripping around, you know, shared use trails, a lot of hiking trails. Nothing crazy, no jumps, no berms. But now i got a full suspension that I finally saved up and, you know, went out for that. So Yeah. And actually, Hold on. That's a... That's a whole story in itself, right? Because you bought one of uh, Utah's finest bikes, right? You got a Fazari? Yep, I did. And you special ordered this Fazari, right? I did, yeah. And how I, long did it take? <laughs> oh, almost a year. Yeah. Well, I ordered it right right when COVID hit. So it oh, was right fun. when everything started getting backed up. And yeah, they didn't know when they were going to get parts in. So it was like every month they're like, oh, it's going to be another month. But, you know, it, it's a sweet bike. So I was like, you know, it's just, that's fine. When it gets there, put it together and send it to me. And it is beautiful. Yep. Yeah, it I was just uh, mountain biking Two days before you. Christmas. And I got to see it firsthand. It was so pretty. Yeah. Very pretty bike. Yeah, yeah that's Utah's finest right there. It's got a really good balance. You know, actually, I can like pedal in place because that's about as fast as I go. <laughs> <laughs> isn't it funny when you step your gear up like just a little bit because i was on a hard tail i was on that raleigh for a while and it, it worked it did its job you know i could kind of rip around oh, yeah. hit those sweet jar jar nub nubs but <laughs> jar jar nub nubs <laughs> it really took a, a like pivot when i got a full suspension bike and all of a sudden was like oh i can do bigger jumps and i can like you know, really push into corners and, you know, it just feels like you're more comfortable because, you know, I spend a lot of money on this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it yeah, made no, me better. <laughs> so you're saying that would have helped that uh, missionary video when he was going down his uh, apartment steps and then he just completely ate shit on concrete. Oh, no, we're going to have to link that somewhere for somebody who knows how to do social media. Okay. Um, no, I haven't seen that. I'm going to I'm going to definitely look that up, though. Yeah. But yeah, mountain biking. You, yeah. new bike. Did you feel it, though? Were you like, all of a sudden, I now know oh, yeah. this hobby. Like, I got this. <laughs> I'm never going to feel like I master a hobby. And <laughs> I think that's important, too, you know. It's going to keep me going. Because money doesn't buy happiness, nor does it buy skill. But it definitely gets you a really long way. Yeah. Just spending the extra money. Because <laughs> I used to think that with, like, uh, with dirt biking. I was like, oh, I don't need the best and then you ride the best, and then you're like, oh, no, I need something close to this. Yep. <laughs> that's how it always is. Yeah. That's the trick. If you ever get into a hobby, just stick with the shit that you already have, and then you won't have to spend a whole lot of money. Because, like, you, you start out with a little recurve bow, and the next thing you know, you go in and you try out some really nice compound, and then you're like, oh, no, I need that. I have to have it. For all the deer I don't kill, I have to have it. So just stick with the cheap stuff and then you'll be forever happy and never have to spend a whole bunch of money. That's <laughs> true. That's true. Very, very if true. it works, I'm, I'm going to ride it. Exactly. Now, and you also uh, have a pretty decent trail system in Missoula, right? Yeah, there's a few places you can go. Uh, they're constantly building new trails, too. They actually just put this new one in up off of Dean Stone. 
it's called a skyline trail and it gets you really high up and you can overlook the city and before you could never really go up there they worked for years to get conservation easements up there and now they're able to put a trail in. it's it's great it connects all the way through to another system on the other side of the mountain oh that's so cool you could yeah you could you could just ride the whole loop never even drive i'm gonna have to come up there now again for the fourth or fifth time this year i know trip. i should you guys got dealers up there i'll go up there um <laughs> when would you say you felt like man this is a hobby i'm gonna stick with was it right out of the gate did you feel like two or three rides in you're like man this is a, this is a decent hobby what what happened well i think it was one of those that i, I you know I, I had a bmx bike when i was a kid and I had that for a long time and I'd ride it all over town and we'd go to the dirt jumps, you know, break our arms and stuff. But, Oof. you know, I got rid of it and hadn't rode a bike really in years other than just something to get across town. And so, you know, now I'm living here in Missoula and I see all these trails around me and the mountains are right next to us. So I was like, I got to get a bike. I got to go check out these trails. So did you ever have a bike in Southern Oregon? I didn't. And that's the crazy thing. Dude, neither I did I. I missed out on all those trails. It's so crazy that both of us left one of the best mountain biking places <laughs> in the world. I had no <laughs> idea. We didn't even mountain bike <laughs> there. And now we're both really into mountain biking. And yeah, we just, what we need to do is go back there, have like a Caldera mountain biking excursion. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Speaking of, I'm having this beer out of a Caldera pint glass Ooh, right now. Ooh, yeah. In case anyone, we're going to do another Drew's Brews Crew shout out. If you're ever in <laughs> Ashland, Oregon, stop by Caldera Brewery. And get the Southside Strong Ale. Trick to the Southside Strong Ale. Um, drink it. If you're like, man, I want another one, stand up and try and walk <laughs> and get another one. <laughs> that is the sneakiest beer I've ever had in my entire life. We used to yeah. sit there at a, you remember the Under the Bridge location? They're like yep. Tap House. Yeah, the Tap House. Yeah, we'd sit there and we'd have a pint between two people. Or not a pint, a pitcher between two people. And then afterwards we're like oh we should get another pitcher and then yeah yeah and stand up and be like whoo whoo yeah I'll, I'll i'll take your your amber never mind <laughs> yeah. it was a sneaky beer snick a snicky beer yeah it might but, be uh, like switching to dry hop orange or something like that that ooh, was always a go-to yeah. for me yep that's mm. what i had at my wedding i had a whole keg of that i, I really annihilated it <laughs> pretty fast <laughs> yeah. my favorite part was the guy that was hosting the wedding out in the woods was like, yeah, I don't think he has need for kegs. And I looked at him <laughs> and I was like, you don't understand. Everybody that is coming to this wedding, they're professionals. We need four kegs. And he goes, okay, how about this? I'll give you two kegs. And if you guys run out, we'll have backups up at the restaurant. I'm like, okay, all right. As long as you have backup. And I think the Friday before the wedding, so the rehearsal, we tapped one keg. <laughs> <laughs> i think that was the dry hop orange and yeah. then like i i mean very quickly into the wedding because we also had like two uh lighter beers i think there was like paps or something but uh halfway through the wedding uh three of them were were tapped so they had to go up and they had to grab another keg and bring it down and we went through the fourth keg and then everybody just switched to hard alcohol because i think four <laughs> kegs is <laughs> It's too much. <laughs> oh, my favorite, the the Sunday after the wedding, we all went up to the restaurant, which is where they pulled all these kegs from. And we sat down and we're like, you know, eating brunch or whatever. And I was like, hey, I'll take a I'll take a beer. You guys got an Nkasi? And they're like, we don't have any beer left. 
<laughs> and I was like, oh, what, what kind of rascalians came in and drank all your beer? Ugh, those hooligans. <laughs> How dare they? <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. So back to your sweet hobby. Um, you got to tell me, when has this hobby ever gotten you in trouble? When have you been mountain biking and been like, I'm over the handlebars? Or give us a good, I fucked up on this hobby story. Yeah, you know, I hate to disappoint you, but luckily I haven't had too many difficult situations yet. You better knock myself, on wood. Knock on some wood there, knock homie. On wood right now. Oh, yeah. I've definitely put myself into some sketchy situations. Like, uh, you know, I forgot my helmet one time, but I still sent it anyway. You idiot. Oh, You're yeah. too beautiful to be riding without a helmet. I know. I'm never doing that again. Yeah. But I stayed on the bike. That's good. Yeah. That's good. I've I've been out with a buddy who, you know, we climb up to the very top, and it's like he goes down the first hundred feet, gets a flat tire. Oh. <sighs> that happened to yeah. me. I took Ellie on a ride, right here in Utah, and we got mm. up to the top, and we were heading down, and uh, I just got tubeless tires. But in case anyone doesn't know, the specialized butcher tires, which are either tubed or tubeless, cannot sustain the weight of a hefty man. (laughs) 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 I went into a corner and I folded the whole sidewall up and under and then just all the air just rushed out and nothing makes you feel fatter than folding the (laughs) sidewall on a mountain bike. (laughs) <laughs> and being like <laughs> but uh yeah i got some some good thick boy tires now so i'm i'm ready to rip i think you're That's in the good. same boat as me though where this hobby has gotten you into trouble is buying a very expensive new mountain bike yeah because now i'm going to take it more places and i'm going to go deeper into the woods and farther up the mountain because it's capable of doing that so i think uh to touch on that flat tire thing is you know a lot of people carry a flat repair kit or an extra tube or something like that just so they can make it out of there if that does happen i now carry that yeah Yeah. you're a smart man yeah 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 sometimes i'm smart when it comes to preparedness i'm a very prepared mountain biker i gotta say i just got uh knee protectors after hearing tom's disgusting story uh i got knee protectors because that whole flat tire situation made me realize if I fall and like crack my leg open or whatever, and it made me a little bit more confident. I went on one ride with them thus far and it definitely made me more confident. I was like, Ooh, yeah, I'm not super scared of falling on my knees. Cause I got that protection. Well, shoot, not even that, but just riding through like sagebrush, you know, just getting bushwhacked if it's if overgrown on the trail a bit. Yeah. That's good to protect against that too. That's true. Sam, we got to rip soon because last time, I don't know how we did it, but for Sam's bachelor party, I missed the first ride, which was exciting apparently, but the (laughs) second ride that we went on and what is, what's that artist that makes the stairs that go in like a loop? It's on the uh, tip of my tongue. Yeah, I know. Now everybody is like, oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. Is it Escher? Yes, Escher. MC Escher. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he has those stairs that seem to not lead anywhere. That's how that yeah. ride was. We somehow <laughs> left the truck and went uphill back to the truck. The entire time. The entire time. It's just this uphill journey all the way back to exactly where we started. And we never went down. I'm just kidding. We went downhill for a little bit, but it definitely felt like two <laughs> hours of going up a hill. <laughs> that yeah. planet's called Lit Relativity by MC Usher there. Lit Relativity. There you go. You just He's learned something a, on the one ounce pour. So yep. you're welcome. Yeah. 
He's got a lot of other really cool optical illusions that he does. Ooh. What's the, who's the artist that does the Tool albums? Alex Gray? It's Alex Gray. I'm almost positive. Hold on. Because I always want to say it's Dorian Gray, but it's not. It's Alex Gray, I think. But anyway, while he's checking on that, tell our listeners how to get into mountain biking. Like, what would you suggest? Because actually, what's funny is I was just on a mountain biking thread and somebody was posting a picture of like some Walmart bike and is like, hey, is this a good way to get into mountain biking? And I was like, yeah, right. But <laughs> there, there is kind of that you can't just go out and buy $3,500 carbon fiber bike and be good at mountain biking. So what would you suggest? No. What would you suggest is like, here's your entry. This is where you go next. Talk to me. Ask your friends. Ask people that mountain bike or ask people that know somebody that mountain bikes they most likely have another bike that they're not using their older bike and it still is going to work perfectly fine and if you're able to borrow that or ask them about that or what they would suggest you know that i would i would recommend going that way because i mean especially in a mountain biking community there's bikes everywhere just ask somebody they'll take you let you borrow it take you they'll even show you where the trails are yeah you know, you don't have to be an expert on bikes to ride one. Hence why I have, still have, a Raleigh. I think I was talking to you guys and I was like, hey, I want to get back into mountain biking. What should I get? And you guys mm-hmm. were like, oh, well, we both, you both had Raleigh's, right? Hardtails? Yeah. yeah. And that's been a sweet bike. I bought it for $200 from a missionary, some of Tom's people, that <laughs> that didn't why, why use it. Why do you keep it. referring to him as my people, man? I, I like, don't know. You're probably closer to him at this point than I am. How am I closer to Okay. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He bought it for his missionary work, which in case you don't know, uh, a missionary goes to your door and bothers you on a bike. So he bought it because, you know, the streets are so extreme. He needed to do some sick tricks while he was preaching. And he never used it because it's a mountain bike, not a street bike. So... <laughs> <laughs> it was like a brand new bike for 200 bucks. But the only reason oh, yeah. that I knew to buy it was because I talked to Sam and his lovely soon to be bride, mm-hmm. Mojo. And they said, get a Raleigh, let it rip, yeah. tater chip. Yeah. They're solid bikes for a good price. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if, especially if you want to start and buy your first, first bike, you get a hardtail Raleigh. I mean, that's the way to go. They're solid. 29er. Frames. I got to say that just, it makes it so much easier to roll over everything when you have a 29er and oh, you're yeah. not going to be taking that hardtail all crazy into the corners and stuff. So well, it depends on your size too. You know, you want a large frame 29er, then you know, you're, that's going to be a taller person or, you know, somebody that's nice thick boy. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. So back, going back to Tool, did you say Alex Gray? Yeah. Yeah, that's it? Okay, Alex Gray. Allison Gray is his wife, and Zena Gray, who is a horror movie actress, is his daughter. Well, look at that. See? You all are learning stuff left and right on the one-ounce board, besides just getting into mountain biking. So you get into mountain biking, you get the bike, you start riding. What, what would you suggest next? Would you suggest, like, grinding up more hills, going to ski resorts, doing their downhill? Yeah, you know, if you enjoyed it go again go do easy trails and if that's not enough for you you know climb higher on the on the trail go up to the next one try a try a blue or an intermediate and if, if they have that out there or you know go explore if there's a trail system that's got mountain bike on the sign go ride it go see what you think Hell yeah. if you enjoy it if you enjoy it then then you'll know and wear a helmet always wear a helmet yes 
Yes, and uphill has the right of way. And make sure you have a really sweet strawberry colored bell that you can ring and scream, coming down! <laughs> yeah, it's the only way to do it. Corners. <laughs> <laughs> There's blind corners out there, folks. You gotta watch out for other people. Oh yeah. Trail etiquette. Always remember trail etiquette. Trail etiquette. Now, enough about mountain biking, because that's pretty self-explanatory at this point, and uh, you've done a really good job explaining mountain biking, but how does somebody get into hockey? What's oh, that all man. about? And you know what? I know Tom is now, like, frothing at the mouth, like, <laughs> ah, this is my shit. So, yeah, I'll let, I'll let actually Tom kind of, here, I'll, I'll even move yeah, the phone ahead. to face him. Oh, look at that. So, how did your parents get you into hockey, Sam? Uh, because I would not stop bothering them and playing broom ball in the kitchen and, you know, just denting the washer and dryer in the laundry room and just handling your stick. Nice. Yeah. Like take me to public skate, get me on ice skates. Just let me do that. So now now when you got in, did you have to go through like a learn to play class or did you just, did your parents go, all right, I hope you don't fall down too much and crack your head open. Well, you know, so when I started playing, I, I lived in this small town in Wyoming called Kemmerer, southwest corner of the state. And there's a little seasonal rink in there, and they've got about 10 people that were playing at the time. So wow. I just jumped on with them. There was uh, a lady that my mother worked with at the time, and her son had a bunch of old used hockey gear. So again, you know, ask, ask around, and somebody's got some gear you can use. So uh, they had a full set of pads for me, and I just put them on some of them are way too big but you know it, you just, it got me out on the ice nice i was gonna say because if when you have to do that for your own kid it's fucking expensive yeah especially you, you took a second job to, right <laughs> yeah especially when your kid makes the switch to goalie his freshman year in high school he's like dad i want to play goalie oh, god damn it <laughs> yeah 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 that was thing was though is he's a way better goalie than he is a skater so i can't be too pissed like if it was 50 50 i'd be like yeah you're bullshit you're get your ass back out on skates but i'm like <laughs> you got an 85 percent save percentage in your first year yeah keep keep going yeah that's doing all right yeah so yeah but so my next question is on your when did you jump make the jump from like wreck or just to comp hockey when you were a kid uh, yeah. So, well, my first year was basically just getting on the ice whenever I could. Right. Anytime there was a high school team that practiced and I was the only organized hockey going on in that town. So really, yeah, I would just show up and just ask the coach really nicely. I was seven years old. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. Can I handle a stick, please? You know, they're, they're actually really welcoming to me. They, they were super helpful they wanted me to to join them i was obviously the slowest one out there i barely knew how to skate but you know they just said you know you want to do the drills you can do the drills just you know get in line and go do them and you know if we're going to switch it up we'll let you know and if we're going to do something that's a little little more physical you know because they're all way bigger than i am then yeah you know we'll we'll do that over there and we'll give you a little patch of ice over in the corner over here to skate around and practice holding a stick and practice shooting a puck against the wall you know anything as all i all i needed that was one year of that and then uh the next year i actually convinced my parents and uh some other folks in the hockey community to to get me to a team on another in another town a couple hours away but uh yeah they actually had organized hockey for for youth and so they were able to get me on their squad 
but which, it was two hours away. Which town was that? Because I know like Wyoming, they only have like one team now. It's like Team Wyoming, and well, that's like that's like the All Star team. Is yeah, the All Star team. Yep, yeah, uh, I was in Pinedale, so it was it was an outdoor rink then, um, but now they've got an indoor rink. Okay, the program's still strong. Uh, what's it like an hour hour and a half south of jackson or something like that okay and uh so the western part of the state but we would also go over to rock springs and play tournaments over there and i would just go meet the team for games i think i made one or two practices the whole year because you oh, know wow. it was right after school so it was two hours away and, you know i would just go on the weekends wherever they were going and throw on a jersey and play third or fourth line I mean, they had a lot of kids nice okay yeah. so now as a dad who has one kid that's already going into high school, one that's going to be probably making the jump to comp next year, mainly because he didn't want to play on the team that he tried out for this year, and then <laughs> one that's going to be coming up into squirts. What advice would you give at each age level for that? So you say you got one going, one's in high school. One's in high school, one's a freshman. He's going to be playing JV, maybe backup varsity. Um, then he's going to be, then I got my other boy who's going into peewees he tried out for a comp team but i was like dude you're not playing well he's like yeah i don't want to play for this team i want to play for that other team i'm like oh shit why didn't you tell me that i would have saved my money and just done the other one and then one sure. that's just barely kind of starting out and he's gonna be a squirt next year gotcha okay so what, what are they when are they checking now is that are they doing that peewees or is that no it's the next one body contact at peewees checking at bantams and then by the time you get to high school you know game on for sure yeah well they're technically they're all still youth hockey so bottom line have fun if you're not having fun take a break from it right but that's my bottom line that's always been but i you know i think uh when you say when you say comp is that competitive like travel team travel team yeah like so d1 you know like where you're playing tournaments and you're not just playing in a league amongst like in the you know in your community yeah, where you're actually going to like salmon idaho or you know Sam and Idaho. Dude, they got a bomb rink up there. Yeah, they do. They got a couple of gross ass bars up there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they do. That's where yeah. Sam had his bachelor party. Woo! Yep. Well, yep. I'm trying to think here. Isn't Salmon where they had like the NHL skills challenge this year? No, uh, it might have been. If they did that, it might have been in uh, Sun Valley. Yeah, I think that because I remember it was like it was in some place. I was like, "What the?" Heck? And it was an outdoor like rinky dink rink. I'm like, "Are you trying to grow the sport? Like, what are you doing here?" But you know, <laughs> well, shoot, maybe there's a lot of outdoor rinks in, in Idaho. You know, some of them are a little less developed than others. So <laughs> right, the one in Salmon is pretty cool because they've got like chain link. It's not just the boards. Yeah, and so oh, yeah. you get hit in there. Sam, how many times have you played at Salmon? Uh, I've been going there for two years now to play a uh, adult hockey tournament. And I think it's a uh, January or February every year, but yeah, it's, it's just, you know, <laughs> beer league hockey. It's, it's fun. We, we're sponsored by PAPS PBR. So we got some <laughs> sweet jersey jerseys. That's, <laughs> That's <dope>. amazing. <laughs> yeah. But their rink is really cool. And that chain link throws you off a little bit. The puck bounce is different. Yeah. Uh, but uh, as far as as far as youth hockey goes, you know, you know, I, I'd say don't pressure them too hard. You know, let them let them play where they want to play. You can show them the door of what's possible, what's available. I mean, that's kind of what my dad did for me. As much yeah. as he knew about hockey, which wasn't much, I was kind of the first one in my family to play. 
and travel hockey was the only option when we moved to Oregon. Right. We didn't have house leagues, so it was kind of that or nothing. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, I guess that's really all I got for you is just let them play where they want to. If they got choices. Any bad experience with coaches? Oh, I wouldn't say bad, like, you know, bad. I couldn't, couldn't. You know, I had any bad like interactions or anything like that. But yeah. you weren't called you a know, pheasant, there's... and then he kicked a trash can. <laughs> <laughs> you pheasants! <laughs> right? <laughs> Embarrassing. <laughs> no, you know, obviously, I've had some coaches I like better than others, and right. there's definitely some that have taught me some some real life skills and some some skills in hockey that I've still used today. That you know, I I can still remember. I think my high school coach, he was. He was something else. He was, a, I mean, he was a monster, dude. <laughs> this guy skated our sacks off every week. But I tell you what, we lost our first two games, and after that, we didn't lose again for the rest of the season. Oh, nice. uh, that's awesome. Nice. Yeah. He so. was very inspiring. He would, uh, he would talk about NHL players and, you know, their upbringings, where they came from, how they got there, and, it, you know, it was, it was kind of the things we were thinking about before we stepped on the ice, and, just kept us going brings it down to earth a little bit like takes those guys that are perceived as gods and are like no 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 they came from a similar background or they came from you know similar teachings or whatnot and kind of made it a little bit more real for you yeah they're they're people too yeah Yeah. they had to work to get there i think a lot of people forget that about anything about you know whether it be you're aspiring to go into the nhl or you're aspiring to go to nfl or even if you're aspiring just to get into a hobby, I mean, everybody started sucking, and that's how they started. Everybody sucks. You know, have you ever have you ever <laughs> seen a really good kid at a sport? Yeah. They still suck. Like, you totally just go out there and kick their ass. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I mean, like, everybody starts as some, you know, little shit that just isn't good, and then eventually you get good. And I think that carries over to a lot of the hobbyists out there. God who, damn it, Drew. How many times do I have to tell you, don't <laughs> use that fucking term? We're using I'm going to get a t-shirt made that says, I'm a hobbyist. Yeah, and then you have a bunch of whores come up to you. Hey, I'm telling you I what, am free. You know what? That's, that's not a bad, that's not a bad uh, t-shirt. If we had our one-ounce pour two devils on the front and then on the back it just oh, said, Jesus I'm a hobbyist, Christ. would you not wear that? Yeah, I'd wear it, but I wouldn't wear it to any place where hookers were or escorts or Sammy. anything because then Sammy. they'd be coming up to you. Would you wear a one-ounce poor T-shirt that said, I'm a hobbyist on it? Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. We can't sponsor any of your hockey with, leagues, but... I'll, I'll deal with the run-ins later. Yeah. I've got plenty of time to like, no, think I'm, about that. I'm really into hobbies. <laughs> Leave me alone, ladies and men. We don't want to gender-specific that one. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> For how are we talking about? Oh, we're talking about little kids, how they suck, and then they get good. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what, man. If you actually see like a kid though that's like head and shoulders above, like the rest of those kids, that is kind of fun to watch. It's freaky though. You're like, holy shit! You're like, that what kid. growth hormones are you on, child? Oh, really? dude. Okay. Because their little bodies to- shouldn't move like that. Like, I'll give you an example, right? Uh, when I was growing up. You know, wrestling's big in Utah. It's huge. And I'd go to all the tournaments, and, you know, I wasn't the best. I wasn't the worst. But then there'd be that one kid that, I swear, he, like, popped out. His parents gave him, like, horse 
growth hormones or something. (laughs) (laughs) And he just like chucks bales of hay all day long. And then he goes out and wrestles and you're like, you're not even human anymore. Like you're seven years old and you're triangular body and you're just grabbing people and flipping them. Get out of here. Trying to get the scholarships. (laughs) Got to leave the farm. Yeah. Yeah. Off to a better life. But no, some kids, uh, you, you look at them and you're just like, How'd you get so good at this? Usually, like, in the league my kid plays in, my middle son, there's usually one kid that's like, holy shit, on each team. And my kid and the other kid, they went back. They Between the two of them, they scored nine. My kid scored five. The other kid scored four. Oh, and, so you're just bragging about your kid at this <laughs> well, point. Your then, kid's the freak. No, dude. And then the thing was, it was just literally, no, because there was another kid who was smaller than my kid. My kid is small for his age. Like, I'll fully straight up admit it. But even he was smaller, and it was just like, just because they were so freaking quick, and they were the only ones that could lift yep. the puck. What's what's your That's kid's right. birthday though? Uh, April. Uh, no, he's screwed. What does it need to be? January first through the fifteenth, or something, to be an NHL star? Yeah, well, you'll you'll see a lot of that. That's that's <laughs> yeah. just, you know trying to get the the as much edge into the draft as you possibly can. And, and yeah. this this is probably a rumor that I heard from somebody somewhere. Um, is it true that Canadians try to mate? Just to make it, you know, <laughs> National Geographic esque, uh, they try to mate during the uh, early anthem. summer <laughs> months to try you'd and want, have that December to go baby. February, March. That's where you'd be wanting to shoot yes. in, <laughs> right? Because shoot in. <laughs> That's where you want to shoot in and hit the goal. <laughs> that hat trick. <laughs> oh my golly! Wow. Jeez, Tom, that was that was good. That was like right under the radar. It almost slipped by, but wow. Okay. So yeah, uh, if you're Canadian and you're listening to this, and you're like, oh boy, <laughs> I know exactly about this. About this. <laughs> I have so many goddamn January birthdays. Hit us up on our Instagram. It's uh, one OZ poor podcast is our Instagram tag. And then if you want to email us, it's one OZ poor podcast at gmail.com. Good boy. Good boy. It's All not right. the. You can have a treat now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yes. Yes. Anyway, Sam, you got a, you got about. What four or five listeners out there? Yeah. If you could leave them with a little pearl of wisdom, where you're just like, "Hey, listen," from one beautiful Sam to whoever's listening, here's what I gotta say about hobbies in general. What would it be? Do what you love, and do it as much as you can. Mm. Never stop exploring. If I gotta put it simple, I think <laughs> that's really it. I love it. All right. And what would you say would it be a hobby that you would like to get into? That you're currently not pursuing. Currently not pursuing. Yeah, like big mouth, big mouth bass fishing. Oh yeah. Yeah, oh, there I you go. Not. That's an easy one, but don't use that one. Give your own. Not <laughs> <laughs> to think about that. I know right now, one I am pursuing is trying to dirt bike more. I mean, we've got two in the garage. Yeah, they you do. They don't get road enough, so. And I, I don't want to emasculate you in front of all four of our listeners, but are either of those dirt bikes yours? <laughs> <laughs> Let me let me add that we have a third dirt bike that's about the size of a lawnmower. <laughs> you have a tote goat. That's Sammy's. And I own about half of that one. <laughs> I have been in it. No, I think that this is this is something you should pursue because I have been I wouldn't say like I've never been like Sam, nut up, let's go riding. But I've never ridden with you and I've always been like, Sam, come on, let's go. You know, go rent a dirt bike or something. Let's go. 
And you're always like, oh, no, no, no. I'm going to go take the dogs up in the hills. Okay, you guys have fun. (laughs) (laughs) so true. (laughs) Yeah. I think the, the... you know that's that's one that's a challenge for me it's i gotta overcome that it's uh the confidence isn't quite there yet so it's different yeah, and, and it is, is for sure different yeah i i know i just gotta do it more i don't you know, give that's, that's really i don't give people that have never ridden enough credit i was on a bicycle and then i was on a dirt bike like it was no it just feels like i I know how to ride a dirt bike. Like I just hop on and go. It's yeah, you've not been riding this, dirt bikes for a long time. Yeah, it's not this big scary thing. I'll hop on the biggest motorcycle you have right now and mm-hmm. go. I'm not gonna do it like all crazy and stuff, but I'll definitely just hop on and I'll know how to ride. And it's it is scary. Like I think the hard part was at one point my wife and I were riding and she was just freaking out. And I was like, what are you doing? Like you know how to ride a <laughs> motorcycle? Like what are you doing? Why are you freaking out? And she's like, it's just scary. And I'm like, it's not. <laughs> that will settle you down <laughs> and I'm like oh I'm going to make a great parent one day <laughs> shut your mouth quit crying I will say though I got Layla a little electric dirt bike dude she rips it's awesome it's so cool to see <laughs> and I found myself having to catch myself because she'll like she'll be riding around in a circle and then she'll like stop all of a sudden <sighs> and I'm like what's wrong and she's like it, it's scary and my immediate reaction is like, it's not. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I get down on my knee and I'm like, okay, what part of it's scary? Well, it's when I like give it the throttle and then I go around the corner, I'm scared I'm going to fall. And I'm like, oh, well, just don't fall. Done. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there is no great words of wisdom there. Um, just don't fall. You're good. I, I think that. I think that Sam definitely needs, because you got two great bikes in the garage right now, right? You got a KLR 650. And you got mm-hmm. a KTM, uh, what 350. is it? 350. Dude, mm-hmm. hop on that 350 and just go up and down your dirt road all day long. You were on my 300, uh, weren't you? Yeah, the Husaberg? No, the KTM 300. Oh, I don't know if I rode that one. Yeah, it was the Definitely it was the I, black and orange one. It was in your driveway. I think I got videos of you ripping on it. Oh, okay. That was the, the KTM. The two-stroke. Right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. That thing, that you, you got on the scariest dirt bike you could have possibly gotten on and ripped it up and down the driveway so you're good i agree that one um it was <laughs> it was powerful yeah. uh, it was one of those where you you give it gas and it it just bucks like instantly it's like there's no acceleration mode it's just you're going this fast and then you're just going really fast yeah not that's... only that but when you're not gassing it the whole thing is vibrating <laughs> <laughs> that is a bike you have to learn to respect i'll tell you what i've <laughs> It's taken a chunk out of my shin. Oh, Uh, it it has jumped out from under me. All this. I mean, that same day we were sitting in your driveway, somebody hopped on it, and I said, "Careful!" And then what does he do? He flipped the whole motorcycle upside down. It's a bike you got to respect. You got to like. Holy shit! This is the most powerful. He landed on his feet. He did. Yeah, my bike didn't. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It is. It is the most. I I wouldn't. There's more powerful dirt bikes, but. It is like the top tier dirt bike. Um, I'm sad I sold it. There's a hobby gone for me for right now. Was uh, getting rid of that two stroke was it's a hard day. And the funny part is, is uh, some kid bought it and is like, yeah, I've been riding dirt bikes my whole life. And I'm like, all right, just careful, careful. <laughs> I don't think you understand. <laughs> well, those, those KTMs come with uh, different springs for the, uh, it's like an exhaust valve essentially. And there's like the green spring, the yellow spring, and the red spring. 
and the green spring is like, you know, not a whole lot of poppy low end torque. The yellow spring is a little bit of low end torque and the red spring's just like, this is, this is insane. I always had the red spring in there because that's the kind of person I am. Like, gotta just do it. Yeah. And I gave him the spring, the green spring and the yellow spring. And I was like, dude, I'll do it right now in my driveway, but let's put this green spring in for you. And he's like, nah, I'm good. I got this. <laughs> you see next week, I young checked, man dies. I <laughs> check the obituaries like every day for three months, just being like, please. <laughs> it's different. Or like you like get off the, and it's a hydraulic clutch. So oh. there's no like, let it out. It's on or off. It's like, it's out and you're going. And. You just like barely give a gas and it's going. <laughs> it's crazy. It's like a whole bunch of demons just packed into a little tiny thing and all of a sudden you let them loose. Oh, fun. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Sam, that we're going to check back in with you. Here's the fun part. Sam's not going to know. We're just going to call him randomly and be like, you're on the podcast. How you doing? The hell How's dirt biking going? And you're going to have to answer all of our questions. It's going to be great. We should actually, we should do that one podcast where we just call some random ass person and be like, welcome to the one ounce pour. Hey, do you, what's your hobby? I'm just going to be on a mountain somewhere and the bike's going to be a hundred feet down the hill. Dude, we ought to just call like all of our old phone numbers. <laughs> Congratulations, you're on the One Out Sport Podcast. Who Are you a hobbyist? <laughs> oh, okay. Yes. Well, I'm glad, Sam, that you've come on our show and explained how much of a hobbyist you truly are. And uh, I'm excited for you. Thanks for joining. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. No it's been fun, worries. Guys. You're listening to the One Ounce Pour, and uh, like always, keep drinking it one ounce at a time. Mm-hmm. Thank you.